Chapter Seven of the Maneaters of Savo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Maneaters of Savo by J. H. Patterson. Chapter Seven: The District Officer's Narrow Escape. Some little time before the flight of the workmen, I had written to Mr. Whitehead the district officer asking him to come up and assist me in my campaign against the lions and to bring with him any of his askaris native soldiers that he could spare he replied accepting the invitation and told me to expect him about dinner-time on december second which turned out to be the day after the exodus his train was due at savo about six o'clock in the evening so i sent my boy up to the station to meet him and to help in carrying his baggage to the camp in a very short time, however, the boy rushed back trembling with terror, and informed me that there was no sign of the train or of the railway staff, but that an enormous lion was standing on the station platform. This extraordinary story I did not believe in the least, as by this time the coolies, never remarkable for bravery, were in such a state of fright that if they caught sight of a hyena or a baboon, or even a dog, in the bush, they were sure to imagine it was a lion but i found out the next day that it was an actual fact and that both station-master and signalman had been obliged to take refuge from one of the man-eaters by locking themselves in the station building i waited some little time for mr whitehead but eventually as he did not put in an appearance i concluded that he must have postponed his journey until the next day and so had my dinner in my customary solitary state during the meal i heard a couple of shots but paid no attention to them as rifles were constantly being fired off in the neighbourhood of the camp later in the evening i went out as usual to watch for our elusive foes and took up my position in a crib made of sleepers which i had built on a big girder close to a camp which i thought was likely to be attacked soon after settling down at my post i was surprised to hear the man-eaters growling and purring and crunching up bones about seventy yards from the crib I could not understand what they had found to eat, as I heard no commotion in the camps, and I knew by bitter experience that every meal the brutes obtained from us was announced by shrieks and uproar. The only conclusion I could come to was that they had pounced upon some poor, unsuspecting native traveller. After a time, I was able to make out their eyes glowing in the darkness, and I took as careful aim as possible in the circumstances and fired but the only notice they paid to the shot was to carry off whatever they were devouring and to retire quietly over a slight rise which prevented me from seeing them there they finished their meal at their ease as soon as it was daylight i got out of my crib and went towards the place where i had last heard them on the way whom should i meet but my missing guest mr whitehead looking very pale and ill and generally dishevelled where on earth did you come from I exclaimed. Why didn't you turn up to dinner last night? A nice reception you give a fellow when you invite him to dinner, was his only reply. Why, what's up? I asked. That infernal lion of yours nearly did for me last night, said Whitehead. Nonsense, you must have dreamed it, I cried in astonishment. For answer, he turned round and showed me his back. "'That's not much of a dream, is it?' he asked. His clothing was rent by one huge tear from the nape of the neck downwards, and on the flesh there were four great claw-marks, showing red and angry through the torn cloth. Without further parley, I hurried him off to my tent, and bathed and dressed his wounds. 
and when i had made him considerably more comfortable i got from him the whole story of the events of the night it appeared that his train was very late so that it was quite dark when he arrived at savo station from which the track to my camp lay through a small cutting he was accompanied by abdullah the sergeant of askaris who walked close behind him carrying a lighted lamp all went well until they were about half-way through the gloomy cutting when one of the lions suddenly jumped down upon them from the high bank knocking whitehead over like a ninepin and tearing his back in the manner i had seen fortunately however he had his carbine with him and instantly fired the flash and the loud report must have dazed the lion for a second or two enabling whitehead to disengage himself but the next instant the brute pounced like lightning on the unfortunate abdullah with whom he at once made off all that the poor fellow could say was ebuana simba oh master a lion as the lion was dragging him over the bank whitehead fired again but without effect and the brute quickly disappeared into the darkness with a spray it was of course this unfortunate man whom i had heard the lion devouring during the night whitehead himself had a marvellous escape his wounds were happily not very deep and caused him little or no inconvenience afterwards on the same day december third the forces arrayed against the lions were further strengthened mr farquhar the superintendent of police arrived from the coast with a score of sepoys to assist in hunting down the man-eaters whose fame had by this time spread far and wide and the most elaborate precautions were taken his men being posted on the most convenient trees near every camp several other officials had also come up on leave to join in the chase and each of these guarded a likely spot in the same way mr whitehead sharing my post inside the crib on the girder further in spite of some chaff my lion trap was put in thorough working order and two of the sepoys were installed as bait our preparations were quite complete by nightfall and we all took up our appointed positions nothing happened until about nine o'clock when to my great satisfaction the intense stillness was suddenly broken by the noise of the door of the trap clattering down at last i thought one at least of the brutes is done for but the sequel was an ignominious one the bait sepoys had a lamp burning inside their part of the cage and were each armed with a martini rifle with plenty of ammunition they had also been given strict orders to shoot at once if a lion should enter the trap instead of doing so however they were so terrified when he rushed in and began to lash himself madly against the bars of the cage that they completely lost their heads and were actually too unnerved to fire not for some minutes not indeed until mr farquhar whose post was close by shouted at them and cheered them on did they at all recover themselves then when at last they did begin to fire they fired with a vengeance anywhere anyhow whitehead and i were at right angles to the direction in which they should have shot and yet their bullets came whizzing all around us altogether they fired over a score of shots and in the end succeeded only in blowing away one of the bars of the door thus allowing our prize to make good his escape how they failed to kill him several times over is and always will be a complete mystery to me as they could have put the muzzles of their rifles absolutely touching his body there was indeed some blood scattered about the trap but it was small consolation to know that the brute whose capture and death seemed so certain had only been slightly wounded still we were not unduly dejected and when morning came a hunt was at once arranged 
accordingly we spent the greater part of the day on our hands and knees following the lions through the dense thickets of thorny jungle but though we heard their growls from time to time we never succeeded in actually coming up with them of the whole party only farquhar managed to catch a momentary glimpse of one as it bounded over a bush two days more we spent in the same manner and with equal unsuccess and then farquhar and his sepoys were obliged to return to the coast mr whitehead also departed for his district and once again i was left alone with the man-eaters chapter seven